Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Open the hot bay doors. I'm sorry, Dan. I'm afraid I can't do that. What's the most you ever lost in the contest? Go ahead. Make my day. Welcome, everybody, to this Academy Award 2014 Oscar special of Black Hole Cinema with myself, Tony Black, and uh, my very special guest, the, the one and only Mr. Chris Wilson. Welcome, Chris. Howdy. Howdy. We're here to talk about, to, from our perspective, last night's Oscar ceremony. Now, it might be uh, Tuesday or Wednesday when you're hearing this, or maybe later in the week. Um, so you've been a few days away, but for us it's current, it was last night. So everyone's abuzz with all the awards and the glamour and the glitz and the, the tits and everything. So, yeah, we're, we're just going to chew through that, aren't we, Chris, basically? Yes, we are. Like a pair of carnivores, a pair of movie carnivores. I thought we'd start by just talking about the Oscars in general, before we actually get to dissecting the winners and the losers and the movers and the shakers, and talk a bit about like what we think of the Oscars, really, because they're they're a strange event, aren't they, on the calendar? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. No, many of us say, but then again, most of the awards ceremonies are. <laughs> yeah, it's true. They feel like a real sort of hyper real kind of few hours, don't they? Yeah, it, it's sort of like. It's uh, an award ceremony where people celebrate themselves. Mm. And they, they, they all, you get the feeling, I mean, there's, there's great like memes that have gone around in the past time and there are like, like clip pictures of, of them looking really pissed off when they lose. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's, there's this whole like undercurrent, I think, of anger and bitterness that sort of ripples when they think, oh, that fucker won again. Damn it. Yeah. It's like... Uh, how dare my friends didn't choose me over my other friend? <laughs> it just it, watching it every year. I mean, it, it, to, actually, I, I kind of thought this year was was I, I said sedate's probably the wrong word, but it maybe wasn't quite as as ridiculously overblown as previous years. But sometimes it's got like completely mental, I think, and it's just gone really over the top and like vomit inducing. You mean like? In last night's ceremony, that Ellen didn't sing I Saw Your Boobs, or whatever it was from last year. <laughs> yeah. That was bad. Yeah, that was. I think there was a few cringe-making moments. I mean, we'll talk later about the actual ceremony, but I've got to say, Jared Leto's speech is one of the most cringe-worthy things I've seen in quite some time, um, his acceptance speech. <laughs> but, like... What was he said? He basically said that this... Oscar is for everyone suffering in the Crimea. Uh, at which point, everyone in the Crimea probably went, fuck you, right? <laughs> you know, because it's just like, 
it it won't mean much to them, I don't think, somehow. No. You mean Jared Leto being pretentious? No, it's never been like that before. Oh, shock horror. Yeah, although he can't quite like keep it going because there's there's that brilliant picture of, of him compared to the buddy Jesus from Dogma. Which, which is, is one of my favourite of many good photos that have been going around today. One of my favourites. He is the buddy Jesus. So any, any pretentiousness that he has <laughs> just goes out the window. When he was saying all that stuff in the speech, and I, I, I do urge you to check out his speech because you know, part of it's quite touching, you know, and he's, he's saying thank you to his mum and all this. But then when he starts go, you know, trying to tap into you know, the, the problems in the Ukraine, it's that point where you just want you know, buddy Jesus to come and punch him. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, no, just stop, yeah. Jared. Just please stop. But they, so they're kind of, you know, they're, they're known for this really sort of overblown, sort of gaudy, technicolour sickness, aren't they, the Oscars, in a way? Yeah, it's completely out of touch with reality. Mm. Do you think that they go just a lot further than our award ceremonies go, really, with this? Yeah, because... Uh, like for example, for BAFTAs, it's what about two hours long, and it, and they have a few awards before that, but it's all pretty sedate. Well, with the Oscars, it is. Uh, how should I describe it? But you know, you've got the stuff with a red carpet for about two hours beforehand, yeah. and then there's so many. Yeah, I'm right in thinking that in, in our time, the UK. So if you're watching it live last night, it went from one a.m. and it went till five a.m. and it was still overrunning. You know, five hours of people congratulating themselves. Well, I mean the the actual ceremony, the actual ceremony coverage that I came home basically. I came, I, I didn't watch it live. I came home today uh, and I taped the rerun of it on Sky Movies and and I watched it. Well, I, sk- I skimmed through it and that ran to three hours thirty five minutes. And that's that's not even including the um, the build up, you know, like the red carpet stuff. That's actually once they're in the theatre and Ellen starts, Ellen DeGeneres starts doing all the, you know, the comedy and then the, yeah. then the awards. And it's just like, I mean, you know, that's just it, a ridiculous length. It, it is, considering Ron's Arabia is about a couple of minutes longer than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Gone with the Wind. It's, it's, and Gone with the Wind, yeah. <laughs> and the extended Lord of the Rings <laughs> um, as well. But no, it's absolutely true. Are you are you a fan of the Oscars? Do you do you like them, Chris? Really? Yeah, I like the concepts of awards and uh, recognizing, you know, the best in terms of films and acting and such. But I just find I find a lot of the awards, the Oscars especially, lacking uh, lacking how genuine they are. Mm. If you go on me, they've always like. Uh, uh, live by their own rules in a way which uh, yeah again it, it, it's back to being uh, completely out of touch with reality I think mm, yeah do you, do, you, do you think that maybe they they're trying to sort of convince themselves of things that don't exist as in like you know that I, I, I think for things like the Oscars uh, they try and tell themselves that somehow what, what they do you know make films is somehow a shining beacon of God when at the end of the day, they're just films. It, it, it's just entertainment, <laughs> but they're trying to uh, overblow it and make it seem like it's something a lot more than that, mm. which is why uh, the type, which is why uh, they always get behind certain types of films, which I'm sure we'll get into later on. Mm. 
That's true, actually. Know, they, they, yeah, they, they're well known for that, aren't they? For this whole, you know... Um, for social films, the political films, the historical films, you know, various other types of films that they gravitate towards because it sort of builds into their idea that somehow Hollywood is this it is this great uh, generator of of uh, information and and it's uh, somehow more than just a story. But no, you're right. You are right in that you know it's it's this pretentiousness, isn't it? Going back to that really again. I mean. On the one hand, I think that it's like you say, the idea of an award ceremony is, is really great, and it is nice to genuinely see some of these people having, having a bit of a, having a bit of a laugh and with a smile on their face. But then you you do get the feeling, I mean, and, and you know there is a genuine feeling that quite a lot of them are actually mates, and you you, you can you can see that at times. Yeah. But you know, there's also this this real whiff of that it's they're just really trying to be far more profound. Than, than than they are, and and like you say, it is entertainment. You know, as much as something like Twelve Years a Slave is is a very powerful and moving film that is very is quite important. For instance, at the end of the day, it's ma- it's about making money, isn't it? And you know, they yeah. they ought to be a, a little bit more. I don't know, maybe slightly tongue in cheek with it all. You know, there, there is there is that comedy element, which is why they always get a comedian quite often to host it. But it's safe, isn't it? It's very safe. You know, is, yeah. I mean, the most I think the most edgy that Ellen got in her stand-up bit, bit at the start was when she basically called Liza Minnelli a man, right? <laughs> <laughs> which, which is what she does. She at one point she says, "Oh, I've got to say the the Liza Minnelli impersonator out there tonight, near but wonderful, well done, sir," like that. And Liza Minnelli just looks at her as if to say, "You bitch," <laughs> and that's you know. Um, I think in a way that uh, the Golden Globes do it uh, do what an award certainly should do a lot better. It's just a shame that Golden Globes also get behind some of the strangest films when it comes to nominations. Mm, mm. I mean, at least we forget that Batavis got several nominations a few years ago. Yeah, that, that, that's true, isn't it? And, and wasn't it the Globes where Ricky Gervais hosted and caused a real like hullabaloo? Yeah, three years in a row he did that and. Uh, he, and it was very funny, but even they have, they've had Tina Fey and David Poehler uh, do the last two ceremonies, and even then, the jokes were quite edgy. Mm. You, you certainly wouldn't see the sort of stuff they were telling there at the Oscars. No, uh, and, and this is it. They can they can get away with it a little bit more, can't they? Even though they still offend a ton of people. I think it's because uh, the Golden Globes don't have the prestige that the, the Oscars do, and somehow the, the Oscars have to keep to some sort of uh, protocol where mm. where in the end the jokes are what like a comedy roast would be if, if yeah. you got what I mean it, yeah. it's it's got to be a bit more uh, traditional it, it, uh, yeah traditional is is a good word really for it yeah it, it's it's, a, it's more ribbon than you know trying to offend people yeah 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 and you know you get that ripple of oh in the crowd at times like like the lies of an early moment but yeah it's it it is it is safe it, it, there is a safety to it. Speaking of Liza Minnelli, I think one of the moments that made me laugh the most was when um, uh, Lupita Nyong'o won for Best Supporting Actress. And she gets up and she's like hugging Brad Pitt and all these people and she's just overcome. And Liza Minnelli gets up and hugs her. And there was a look on her face, Lupita Nyong'o, thinking, who the fuck is this? Right. <laughs> <laughs> she's going she's gonna to look, look at that back and she's going to go, Liza Minnelli hug me? 
You you know she's going to do that, and so her mates going, her friends are going to go. Yeah, that was. Did you not remember? She's like, no, I just thought some random weird faced woman just to <laughs> give me a hug. <laughs> you know that's going to happen, and that 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 made me laugh. I think more than most of what Ellen did, because <laughs> you knew that was on her face. But the 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 actual ceremony this time round, I, I I did quite enjoy it actually. I I did I did quite enjoy what I saw of it. You know there was. There, there was there was some really there were some really funny moments. Again, another funny moment I I found well a successive funny moments was was the fact that you've got these really really well known and talented actors who cannot deliver to camera at all. Right, I, I don't know if you've noticed this before. Oh, well, what do you mean when when they're going up to introduce the award? No, not even that. It's when when they come on and they do the um, they do the I don't know what the, the term is for them, but they do like the delivery bits where they talk about a film or they they talk about how important a certain actor is or something like that, you know. And Harrison Ford came on, and you know he's doing his Harrison Ford thing where you know like 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 that Sky Movies advert. What was the last hey. movie you watched? You know, and all this. You, you do good Harrison Ford, by the way. Do I? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm worried it sounds a bit like Liam Neeson. You know, Liam Neeson's a bit more Irish, but it's the same kind of thing. And Harrison yep. Ford has to be a little bit more. Uh, but it's like, <laughs> when he comes on and he's going... Hey, I'm convinced of the same person. It's just Harrison Ford doing an Irish accent. You know what? I've not seen any evidence of the contrary. I've never seen them in a film together. So no, I don't think they've ever been in a film together, have they? No, I, I don't think they have, which... which Further proves our, our theory. <laughs> yeah. But now Harrison Ford comes on and he's just he's, he's looking at the camera and he's talking about Dallas Buyers Club and he's you know and I, I was thinking this is the most wooden thing I've ever seen in my can you even read you know I was just, I, 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 and then a few others came on and it was just like my God you lot you cannot you can't deliver to camera at all you can't read nor to I think the problem there is. Um... They, they probably aren't used to using the teleprompter so much, and and therefore they can express the lines for lines the way they want to because they're reading half of a sentence at a time. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's, it was so uh, funny because I was looking at it thinking, you got you know you guys have done some amazing films and you you can really act, but then you put them put them in front of a teleprompter and they just <laughs> like it's they're like five year old children trying to read a something in like <laughs> distance, you know. We know it's what. <laughs> That, so that, that made me laugh quite a lot. But no, there was there, there've been quite a lot of um, funny pictures floating around, haven't there, today on, on Twitter and Facebook and all these things. You mean that selfie? <laughs> that selfie. Do you want to describe the selfie, Chris? <laughs> uh, taking a picture of oneself. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. At one, at one point, Ellen, Ellen is in the crowd... And she wants to take a picture of Meryl Streep, herself with Meryl Streep, just to say mm. that, and she wants to make it the most retweeted picture. And then suddenly, everyone else sort of jumps in. Bradley Cooper's there going, I'll take it. And she goes, no, no, you've you got, you know, you got to be in it. Come in it. So, so he then gets the camera, points it, and then, then Brad Pitt turns up, Angelina Jolie, Kevin Spacey, you know, Jennifer Lawrence. They all just jump in. And it's, yeah, and it's just become, I think it's the most, re- is it the most retweeted selfie in history? No, it's the most retweeted tweet of all time now. Is it really? My God. Yeah, yeah, it's got over 2 million retweets wow. within the space of about six hours. That's right. that's amazing. That is pretty amazing. It, it, bearing in mind in terms of social 
historical importance. The uh, most retweeted picture before that was a picture after Barack Obama got re-elected as president, and there's like a picture of him kissing his wife, and and gone from that to a <laughs> selfie. <laughs> To a, to a fairly shit selfie. <laughs> in yeah. <the> <laughs> oh my god, this is it. Society's doomed. But I, I'm, yeah, I'm, no. I'm, I'm disappointed though that that's the most. Well, I'm disappointed that's the most retweeted selfie when you've got the Buddy Jesus picture and you also have what's been referred to as the Cumber Bomb. Oh yes, the Cumber Bomb. The Cumber Bomb, which is which is this brilliant picture of you two. And a couple of other people standing there very regally on the carpet. And then Benedict Cumberbatch literally just jumps behind them, waving his hands, looking like a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's just, it's brilliant. It is. And the Cumberbomb now has, has gone down in, you know, legend. I, just, when, just when I think I can't possibly love that man more, he does but, something uh, like that. <laughs> it, it is an amazing man. He's, he's brilliant. He is actually brilliant. Although, in terms of photo bombs, um, there was another respectable one by Javed Lowe. Have you, did you see that no, one? No, no, what's that one? He photobombed Kevin Spacey. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did. <laughs> well, you see, Kevin Spacey's a, a, a notorious photobomber. So he, he is, yeah, that's why it's so funny. Yeah, yeah, so he's, he's getting him back there. I think um, yeah. Lupita Nyong'o also photobombs Jared Leto. And Jared Leto also photobombs Anne Hathaway as well at one point. There's low photobombing has just become the thing now. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Oscars, especially. Oh, there's some great ones, yeah. I, I do urge people to look them up because there's I'm sure there's a BuzzFeed or something's probably got them all by now. But i I've, I've actually I did actually think it was quite funny. I think the, the Ellen, like I say, she was fairly safe, but she did do some funny so she got quite involved in the um in the audience and at one point she um she orders everyone a pizza. So she gets she gets a delivery man in. I mean, it's all staged, obviously, but it's still funny. And there's these massive mm. pizza boxes, and she's going around with plates and going, right, anyone want pizza? You know, she's going to people like Brad Pitt, Martin Scorsese, you know, Sandra Bullock and Julia Robertson. And, and she's going, right, give me some money. Right, we've got to pay him. <laughs> and they're all just putting, like, 20s in. And she's going, come on, you must have a few quid. And that's so it's it's... It's quite funny. There's, there's a great picture, actually, as well, another picture of, of Brad Pitt chomping on some pizza. As well, I don't know if you've seen that one. Um, I haven't seen that one. That's quite funny because <laughs> he's he's there, he's caught right in the middle of a <laughs> chomp. But no, it's, it's so you know there was there was a few nice bits of comedy which you know went down fairly well, and it wasn't too up itself in that in that sense, I think. But then you know you still you still had all the typical Oscar stuff. You had you had the you had the singing, you had U two playing, and Pink came on, and then you had oh god, yeah, yeah. And that then, was just a YouTube, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they played they played a song that featured on the Mandela film. I can't promise promise love or some, something something like that. And you know it was all right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you know you had that, and then there was obviously the the in memoriam bit, which had all the sad images of everyone who's died over the last twelve months. And have a guess who that they finished with. Hmm. It was it Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and they lingered on him slightly, slightly longer than the rest. Uh, you know, and the, the, oh yeah, that's the, nice. Yeah, yeah, see, that's what I thought. <laughs> the day of everyone else, your death didn't mean as yeah, much. Bollocks, doesn't matter. Yeah, and it was, it's true. It was like you know, it, it was there was quite a lot of people died actually. I didn't realise quite there were certain people I didn't even realise had died. I didn't realise Elmore Leonard had died. I didn't realise Richard Matheson had died. I didn't realise. 
And yeah, there was there was quite a lot actually, you know. So and so very, that was quite sad, but done in a typically Oscars way, literally with clouds parting and their faces appearing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, literally. But uh, you know, around that, then you had all these, all the usual, you know, bits and bobs coming out. There was there was a nice moment where Angelina Jolie almost wheels on a very frail Sydney Poitier. They were they were presenting. I think it was Best Director, and she says, and she gives him a little bit of a tribute, you know, because he's been sixty years he's been acting. Because he's about nine, he's about ninety now. He's got to be. He's got to be nearly ninety, Sydney Poitier. And he's he's looking he is looking his age now. He's looking old. He's very frail, you know. He's ninety. What are you? Oh yeah, I know. He's well. I, I always think of Yoda. Yoda was old, but he still managed to get about fairly nippy. So you know, do you know what I mean? Poitier, what are you doing? Did I just compare Sidney Poitier to Yoda? Yes, you did. I did, didn't I? I think you've got an indication, everybody, of where this is going. This podcast. <laughs> Oh, we will we'll, we'll edit this bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll keep it in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I suppose we, we might as well start talking through the winners then, really, and, and the losers and see yeah, sure. what we thought. I suppose if we go from, you know, bottom almost up, I wouldn't say bottom as in, like, you know, least interesting, but I think we'll, we'll skip a few of the, you know, best, best sound mixing, you know, best, you know, original severed limb or all, all, all these you know like low, <laughs> all these lower ones which you know they're all they're all fine and dandy but let's just get to the ones that everyone like waits to see but oh, although i will say it's interesting that gravity picked up a lot of the sound considering most of it was in silence well i thought that i mean i i haven't seen gravity but i didn't you've, you've not seen gravity no jesus christ tony am i am i missing out yeah, you've you just missed out on one of the best cinema experiences of all time, and um, that's not even hyperbole there. Really? Well... Yeah, it, 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 trust me, if you don't see the cinema, you might as well not bother. Well, do you know what? It's funny, because somebody said the exact same thing to me yesterday, and I said, well, it's still on. It is still on IMAX 3D um, at Cineworld, and I think because of the Oscars, you know, they've kept these films on for quite some time. I, I am... Actually, maybe at the weekend, if I get time, I'm going to try and go if it's still... You need to. Yeah, because people are telling me that it is way better. It is a cinematic experience, so... Oh, I'm Ben Yeah. So, no, no, I will. I really will. I really will try and see it at the cinema. I mean, I'm definitely going to see it. You know, it's just one of those that slipped me by. If we start maybe with um, Best Original Screenplay... Um, yeah, that's an interesting one, because I was... If you... Dear listener... Uh, remember <laughs> the last episode I was on of uh, Black Hole Cinema? Yes. Uh, my, my rant about identity thief, about how it made me g- give up screenwriting, <laughs> and I was completely prepared to basically do another rant like that. But then we had a surprise winner. Mm, we did because uh, of the nominees, which were uh, Bob Nelson for Nebraska, Craig Borton and Melissa Wallach for Dallas Buyers Club, Woody Allen for Blue Jasmine, Eric Singer and David O. Russell for American Hustle. The winner was Spike Jones for her, which I'm sure pleased you immensely, didn't it? Yeah, it, it, her is a fantastic film anyway. I mean, it, I'll be very surprised if I see a better film in 2014. Bear in mind, friendly American is out there. It was only released over here about three weeks ago. And unfortunately, it's been damn difficult to actually see at the cinema because they've barely put any showings on of her. 
it, it didn't do well. Um, in its first week, it was only like number 11 at the box office. It, it's barely taken anything for some reason. And it, one thing that's baffled me is that the critics over here were quite indifferent to it. Uh, well, well, the ones in America absolutely raved over it. So I don't think that helps either. Could it be that people haven't really known what to make of it, maybe? Because it is a bit of an oddity, isn't it? it it's hard to tell because, it, you know, it, it's, it's such a, an original idea. Okay, there are aspects here and there you know, that, that seem a bit familiar from like, other, like, for example, dystopian films mm. and such. But it, I don't, it, it's strange. I, I don't get why the UK has been so meh about it. It does seem like yeah. it is a shame. Um, but I am I am very glad because I that's my first guess right. I guessed her. I thought it was a, I thought it was an outsider. I, I did. I, I didn't. I thought Woody Allen might win that. To be honest, but it was I'm, I was glad Spike Jones won, uh, it, and it was great seeing his very awkward acceptance speech. <laughs> he didn't seem comfortable really. So I've got one right there. One guess was right. Next, uh, since we're on the subject of screenplays, best adapted screenplay. And the uh, nominees were Terence Winter for The Wolf of Wall Street, Steve Coogan and Jeff Pope for Philomena, Billy Ray for Captain Phillips, uh, Richard Linklater, Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke for Before Midnight, and uh, John Ridley for 12 Years a Slave. What, which one did you think would win? Uh, 12 Years a Slave, definitely. Same, same with me, and it did. And I, I think, you know, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't seen the other films, but I think that it would have been a real shame had that not won, because it was phenomenal. In terms of, well, I've only seen three of them. I've seen Twelve Years Slave, Captain Phillips, and Wolf of Wall Street. And in in terms of the script, uh, Twelve Years Slave was definitely the strongest of the three. Mm. But yeah, it's, it was it was great to see Twelve Years a Slave one cause, win because Twelve Years a Slave didn't win as much at this at these Oscars as, as maybe it should have done. So it was good to see it get the script recognition. And John Ridley gave quite a uh, quite a humble speech. Quite, you know, it wasn't as much, over, wasn't necessarily as over the top as, you know, <laughs> some of the others. So that was that was good. So I'm glad that I'm really glad that one. Best original score. Now I didn't guess this one. So this was um, this was, I don't know why I didn't guess this one because I love scores and love music. Nominees were Stephen Price for Gravity, John Williams for The Book Thief, William Butler and Owen Pallet for her, uh, Alexandra Desplat for. Her, Philomena and Thomas Newman for Saving Mr. Banks. Have you heard the scores for any of those? Uh, yeah, for three of them. Uh, Gravity, Her and Saving Mr. Banks. Mm. Again, it, the, the Gravity thing's a bit weird because the, the only types of score that are in there are mainly from the like country-esque tracks that George Clooney plays in his astronaut suit. Mm. And there's only like two or three instances of that, one, but other than that, that's strange, because Stephen Price won. It's indistinguishable, and he won, which is strange. I, I, although it was a bit of an outside chance, I, I might have guessed saving Mr. Banks for that one. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I, may have, I may have done that. Either that or, or John Williams, because, you know, he's, he's, yeah. he's knocking on in years, and that I think they'll, they'll want to give him something before he dies. <laughs> Again, you know, I know he's won, <laughs> but I tend to think that, they might do that. And, you know, the, his score for The Book Thief was probably one of the few good things about that film. So, um, but no, I don't think it was an Oscar winning, not compared to what he's done before, it wasn't an Oscar winning score. But no, it was, it's interesting how, you know, it could be symptomatic of the whole 
Oscar trend. Let's throw loads of awards at pretty much the same film, even if it doesn't necessarily, you know, need them. And this year, that was pretty much Gravity, wasn't it? You know, yeah, um, I think it's because it, in a lot of people's minds, they knew that Gravity wasn't going to get, going to get best picture. Therefore, mm. they wanted to try and establish as much as possible. So, no, we really do like Gravity. It's just that this other film came along. And I think it'll look better if we give it to this instead of you. Yeah, probably. More than likely. Best production design. Now, this, this was... Um, I won't name everyone involved, but it was, it was the films involved were uh, 12 Years a Slave, Her, Gravity, American Hustle, and The Great Gatsby. And The Great Gatsby won. I, I didn't guess this one either. Um, but I, now, I, I, The Great Gatsby has just come on Sky. I'm ta- I've taped that, and I will watch that at some point. But I, I obviously I've seen American Hustle. I've seen Twelve Years a Slave. I haven't seen the others. Do you do you feel that that worth that was worth it? I've seen all of them, and that, that is a tough one because mm. I didn't like The Great Gatsby. But no. in all fairness, the production design side of it was by far its strongest asset. Mm. I, I, I'd say it's deserved, mm. but I, I, I probably would have given it to something like her instead. Mm, it's interesting because they're all very different, aren't they? They're all very, very different kinds of films in many ways, you know. And you know, you've got the ones that have got the glitz and the glamour, like Great Gatsby, American Hustle. And you've got the ones that are, you know, like Twelve Years a Slave. That's just harsh and you know, oddly beautiful at the same time, but it, it really, you know, hard and yeah, it's 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 strange, isn't it? It's it's that must have been a tough choice, really. That must have been quite a difficult one. I, I don't think I could have chosen to admit myself if I had to vote. Yeah, that would have been that would have been hard. Best foreign language feature. Now this is this is another one that I didn't I didn't choose either because I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm 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 not as good on my foreign language films. I don't know about you, um, but I I tend not to watch that many of them for my sins. Um, have you seen any of these? There was there was what uh, the winner was called the Great Beauty, but there was also the Broken Circle Breakdown, the Hunt, which I have heard about. The Missing Picture and Omar. Have you seen any of them? Have you heard of them? No, I, I, I've, I've heard of the Hunt. A, a lot of people seem to have viewed it on Letterboxd, but I haven't seen any. And no. I'm quite surprised that Blue is the Warmest Colour wasn't nominated, which, again, I haven't seen yet. But that had a lot of hype behind it, but for whatever reason, it, it didn't get through the uh, long list. Yes, I've, 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 I've come across that on Letterboxd as well a few times, so that, that that's a surprise. The, yeah, the only one I really know of, and I'm going to look the others up now, but the only one I really know of is The Hunt, because that's uh, about a paedophile, isn't it? Mads Mikkelsen is in that, isn't he? And I think yeah, that's so I think that's to do with paedophilia or something quite dark and, and, and stuff. But it's, uh, the reviews it's getting are remarkable. So I don't know any. I don't know about The Great Beauty. That's something I don't know about you. That's something I'm going to look up, the one that won. With, all, with so many films out, I mean, I always sometimes feel guilty about missing some of the foreign language ones. I don't know about, I don't know about you. How do you feel about them? I admit, I only really get on to watch the ones that have had a lot of hype behind them, but I, I do try and catch a lot of them where possible. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Because, uh, you know, let's forget that even foreign films that do, like, present different ideas and different stories than what you see from your standard Hollywood and British films. But uh, bear in mind as well, watching a foreign film requires a lot more effort as well. I mean, I'm not sure about you, but I, I could watch several films in a row while doing other things because it's easy to keep track of it because of the uh, English dialogue. Yeah. While with foreign films, you actually have to sit down and read, it's which true. is not a bad thing at all, but it takes a lot more effort. It's true. It is true. And, and sometimes it, it, it's rewarding. Well, let's, <laughs> let's move on to um, best cinematography. And that was between uh, Prisoners... Nebraska, inside uh, Lewin Davis, the Grandmaster, and Gravity, which won again. Obviously, you know, sit, for people like me, you and I, who, who enjoyed film for more than just the, the surface of it, cinematography is something that is really important, isn't it, really, when it comes to a movie? It is, yeah. And do, do you feel that, I mean, again, I feel, I feel like I'm saying this, I repeat, I haven't seen all the any of these films, but do you think, of any of those you have seen, do you think Gravity deserved to win? It's hard to explain because you haven't seen Gravity, but the opening shot lasts 17 minutes long. And even though 17 minutes, it does more than what most two and a half hour blockbuster films could ever dream of doing. And that's just the opening shot. So in my eyes, Gravity is one of the best examples of cinematography I've ever seen. Wow. Well, well, it deserves it then by the look of it. Because the, the others... You know, I mean, Nebraska was filmed in black and white by Alexander Payne, wasn't it? I mean, you know, Prisoners, I don't really know much about Prisoners. That was the Hugh Jackman film, I think, wasn't it? And um... it, It's a Roger Deakins again, who gets ah. nominated every single year and is <laughs> never won. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I'd have given him one for Skyfall. You know, I mean, yeah, he's, me too. He's, he's, done be- he's done better, obviously, than that. But that was, he, he made that look stunning. I'm, I'm gutted that he's not doing the next Bond. But, but no, it's, yeah, he, he, that man needs to win one one day. But no, I suppose for Gravity there, that's, you know, that's fair. Gravity, of course, also won Best Film Editing between American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club and 12 Years a Slave. And of course, Alfonso Cuaron um, not only directed, but edited it. So do you think editing-wise it deserved it as well? Yeah, because uh, the film's only, what, 93 minutes long and it, it tells the entire story in that time. It's, it's lean, it's concise. Yeah. It, you know, it's um, it, it it's uh, but at the same time, it's quite calming to watch. It's it, it's all sorts of these other things, and it just. But I do think just from length alone, it deserves it because it's, there's no excess on it whatsoever. So yeah, those those are two uh, there. Best best animated feature, um, <laughs> which was between animated feature. I don't think this year the crop was was as good. You had uh, The Wind Rises, Ernest and Celestine, Despicable Me 2, The Croods, and Frozen, which won. Uh, there's definitely been better animated features, I think, than those in the past. Yeah, I've, I've always, always seen Despicable Me 2, which was just, it, it, it was good, but not as good as the first one. Yeah. I think at the moment, 
with with animated films have burned around the past few years. Animations told some absolutely profound stories. Mm. But right now, Pixar in a bit of a slump, which mm. Terminally Monsters University is not even nominated yes. this year. Well, I've, I've heard that that's very, if that's not great anyway. People have been telling me that's not really fantastic. No, it, it's, it's sort of a, it's good, but why did they bother making it? Mm. You know, it was one of those. When you're, when you're saying that about a, a Pixar film, then that's, you know, that's, that's a shame. Really, um, it is. They've basically been on a slump since Cars too, because Brave wasn't that good either. Mm, so yeah. it's like uh, three or four duds in a row now, which is a massive shame. And, and Frozen has, has done very well in terms of, I think, box office and and everything like that. And a lot of people tend to like Frozen. I don't know if it's any good. It, it's got a lot of reception. Yeah, but, but yeah, I tell you who should have won. Um, that's for Crudes. And do you know why? Why? It's got Nicholas Cage in it. Oh yes. well. Slam dunk then, it should have done. (laughs) Oh, yes. Let's get on then. Let's get on to the big kahunas then. The biggies, right? The big six, which are the the actor and picture ones. So let's start with Best Supporting Actress. Now, this one, I've guessed all these now. So I'm on two for two so far uh, out of the eight that I guessed. So in this one, uh, the Best Supporting Actress nominations were June Squibb for Nebraska. She was the oldest nominee, I think, at 84, ever to be nominated, which is quite impressive. Julia Roberts for August Osage County. Jennifer Lawrence for American Hustle. Sally Hawkins for Blue Jasmine. And Lupita Nyong'o for 12 Years a Slave. Who did you say? Who, who, who did you Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah. A, a, a pretty justified, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I, said, I said her as well. Although, um, admittedly... I did want I did want Jennifer Lawrence to win simply because I do love Jennifer Lawrence. I just, I just love her. It's not necessarily that I think she deserved to win. I just love her. <laughs> so yeah, it, you know. Yeah, I do. Uh, but I think unfortunately she's a bit wasted in American Hustle. She's not in it anywhere near enough for the one. I basically want the whole thing to revolve around her, but because that's because I really like Jennifer Lawrence. Well, yeah, same, same here. Definitely, I, I agree. She wasn't in enough for that film. But no, I think if if Lupita Nyong'o hadn't won, then it would have been a a travesty because she was she was phenomenal in Twelve Years a Slave and um, she really really deserved it hugely. And what's more, even more amazing, if I remember rightly, that that was only the second film she's ever done. Is that right? And, uh, uh, this is her filmography for Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. East River, a short film from two thousand eight. That's it. Wow. So she's she's a genuine unknown find. Steve McQueen found. And yeah. yeah, it's great when that happens, when you get somebody who just blows you away, just, you know, so yeah, deserved. I was really glad and, and she, she she was genuinely, in her speech, she was genuinely touched by it all, which was really nice. So no, that's a good one. Yeah, so we both got that one. That's good. So I'm on three for three right now. So I'm doing okay. Best Supporting Actor. And the nominees were uh, Barkad Abdi for Captain Phillips, Bradley Cooper for American Hustle, uh, Jared Leto for Dallas, Dallas Buyers Club, Michael Fassbender for 12 Years a Slave, and Jonah Hill for The Wolf of Wall Street. Who was your uh, guest there, Chris? Well, yeah, I went for the one I wanted to win, and that was Barkid Abdi. A f- friend of mine said that as well, because he won the BAFTA, didn't he? He did, yeah. Um, and um, the, the hey, have you seen Captain Phillips? I haven't, no. I want to. He, he is fantastic, isn't it? People have been saying that, and that, that he deserved to win this one. Um, he did, yeah. But I, although I, I I went for Michael Fassbender here. No, no, I didn't, actually. No, I went for Bradley Cooper. 
And I, but I wanted Michael Fassbender. That was it because Fassbender was brilliant in Twelve Years a Slave, but you know, yeah. an absolute monster of a, of a, of a man. Um, but I, I thought maybe Bradley Cooper would get it because he's you know um, he's a hot property, and I thought maybe they'd go with the. I thought because I thought American Hustle would actually win a few, and it turns out it won nothing on the night. Yeah, no, that was hilarious. And so I thought maybe it'd win one or two things, and I thought maybe Bradley Cooper would get one, but. Um, uh, his performance wasn't good enough, I don't think. No, no. Well, no, it wasn't Oscar. It was good, but it wasn't Oscar. It wasn't Oscar winning. Like Chris, like Christian Bale, you know, that wasn't Oscar winning either. But Jared Leto obviously got this one, so we both called this wrong, unfortunately. Do you think? I mean, have you seen Dallas Buyers Club? I watched it last night just in case, uh, <laughs> just in case it won for the sake of this podcast. Actually, yeah, it was. A, I can see why it won. I don't think it was the best performance of that category. Mm. But I think it was about the third best. I think Ibaka Dabdi and Michael Fassbender were better. But yeah. it, it was better with Bradley Cooper and Jonah Hill were. Mm. He, I mean, in the film, he played a transgendered man yeah. you know, who eventually gets HIV and I think he gets AIDS as well. For, for most of the film, he, he does a transgender act, which, if we're being honest... Any actor would be able to do is just essentially. I'm trying not to be offensive here. It's just basically playing gay while in dress up, you know, as a woman. Yeah. And, but later on, when he starts feeling like the effects of like the illness has got, then he gets really good. I, but I still didn't think it was as good as uh, the other two I mentioned. Mm. It, it, I think they wanted. I think they knew because it was obviously Oscar bait that film. I think they knew that because it wasn't going to get Best Picture, that they wanted to, you know, give a few out to um, the guys in that. And it, it, but it was, it, was a tough, it was a tough category, I think. By and large, there were some, some really good performances in that, that category. Moving on to um, Best uh, Actress. Now, the uh, nominations here were um, Sandra Bullock for Gravity, Amer- uh, Amy Adams for American Hustle, uh, Kate Blanchett for Blue Jasmine, Judy Dench for Philomena and Meryl Streep for August Osage County. Now, I mean, that category it was really something. I mean, that you know, you've got you've got some fantastic actresses in there. I I, I think that the the big the standout one who doesn't fit there is Amy Adams. Really? Yes, agreed. Because I mean, I like Amy Adams. I really do. She's lovely. She seems a really nice girl, and she is a good actress. But she's not. She's not comparable to any of the rest of them. Certainly not Judy Dench, Meryl Streep and Kate Blanchett. And mm. American Hustle, she grated on me, to be honest. So I, I didn't I, I didn't think I didn't want her to win really. Again, it, it's a it's a weird thing because American Hustle, like Silver Lions Playbook last year, I mean that's the same director and a lot of the same cast as well. It's got nominations all for acting categories, mm. which I believe because of a Civil Lines playbook, it's only the second time in 30 years that has happened. Yeah. But it wasn't a well-acted film, I don't think. It, it, so no, it's, it, it's baffling that, it, or, that they got all four nominations. It is a bit odd. It, does, it didn't fit properly for me. I, 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 yeah. I guessed uh, Sandra Bullock for this one, simply because I thought that she's never, as far as I remember, I don't think she's won one. She's not she has. Has she won a Best Actress? Yeah, she won it for The Blind Side in 2010. Oh. Oh, yeah, right. Well, that's that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Thank you for that. I didn't know that. I thought, yeah, I thought this was her first one. And given the, the buzz for Gravity, I thought maybe I thought she'd get this. So, you know what? I wanted 
it with all my heart for her to win it mm. because she it, it, I'm pushing by gravity again but half the reason is that she is so amazing in it mm. and yeah, I knew that she wouldn't win it but yeah. God I wanted her to who, 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 did, you, who did you guess? it was Kate Blanchett Kate Blanchett yeah. I mean, I'm 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 glad because I mean, I I absolutely adore Kate Blanchett. I really do. I mean, I, I <laughs> me, me and you could probably. I'm sure, like most people, you don't like the the curious case of Benjamin Button, right? Oh, that film fucking sucks. Right, no, right, I love it. Right, I I love it to bits. I I know it's not David Fincher's best film at all. That Zodiac, but I know, right? It's you know, I love, I love that film. I love it, and she is just, just the most beautiful woman in the world in that film, honestly. And I, I really, really love Kate Blanchett in almost everything she ever does. So I, much as I wanted Sandra Bullock, I, I'm glad Kate Blanchett won. And her speech, her acceptance speech, was really lovely. She just seemed like a really, really nice person. So I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad she won. To be fair, because she's great. Moving on to best director. This was, this was another interesting one. David O. Russell for American Hustle, which rhymes, and that always makes me chuckle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alexander Payne. I never noticed that one before. Yeah, yeah. Alexander Payne for Nebraska, Steve McQueen for 12 Years a Slave, Alfonso Cuaron for Gravity, and Martin Scorsese for The Wolf of Wall Street. Now, what was, what was your... I'm guessing you, you, were, you guessed Cuaron here. I did, yeah. Although... I, I, I think for, for the way it's going to go down was always going to be with the director and picture... One film is always going to win one, and the other film is always going to win the other. You know, it says Gravity and Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. And in a way, I was sort of hoping Steve McQueen would win, but and I, I sort of guess it would be Quaron. Well, you see, I, I I thought it might. See, I remember saying on the on my podcast that I I thought Steve McQueen would win this, and that Gravity would win Best Picture. And but then I did say at the same time. It, like you've just said, it will it will go either one way or the other. It will flip round, so it could quite easily be the other way, which it was, obviously. And I, I, from what I've heard about gravity, and from what people have told me, I don't think it's a it's a bad thing at all. I think that by the sound of it, he, he massively deserved it because David O. Russell, American Russell, wasn't a good enough film for David O. Russell to win. I haven't seen Nebraska. I really like Alexander Payne. I mean, I I, I love Sideways, you know, of, of his and a few others. And I'm sure Nebraska's good. Martin Scorsese, you know, I, I, I hear different things about Wolf of Wall Street. I've not seen it yet. But, I mean, so Scorsese, Scorsese, you know. There's... So, yeah, I very, very loved Wolf of Wall Street, but I doubt it's even his top ten best films. Well, so. Exactly. So, like, you know. And then, obviously, Steve McQueen, he did deserve it. But then the fact that they got Best Picture means that he kind of won anyway, didn't he? So, you know, it, it kind of means the same thing to an extent. Just not Essentially, yeah. yeah, in many ways, it's just not maybe as personal, but uh, I think I think that was fair enough. But I, I went for Steve McQueen there, so I, I didn't quite get that one right. But no, good on Quaron um, for that. Best actor. Now, obviously, the nominations were um, uh, Ch- Chiwetel Ejiofor. I, I don't ever know if I've got that right. Twelve years. Well, that was a, that was a good effort there. Well yeah, done. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, that's a, probably a solid <laughs> seven or eight out of ten. Leonardo DiCaprio for The Wolf of Wall Street, Bruce Dern for Nebraska, Christian Bale for American Hustle, and of course Matthew McConaughey for Dallas Buyers Club. Now I said in the podcast that I wanted Chowatel Ejiofor because I think that 
I think that's going to be his iconic movie performance of all time, to be honest. But I thought Matthew McConaughey would win, and he did. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I mean, personally, I wanted Leonardo DiCaprio to win. Oh, did you? Because you know, it, it was such a good performance, and I think uh, to play such an asshole as Jordan Belfont as he did mm. and make him likeable for over three hours takes some skill. Well, yeah, that would. But, but I also thought Matthew McConaughey would win it. Yeah. I, I, I just had a feeling there that the combination of the fact that he he lost so much weight for the role that he was playing such a, an Oscar-baiting part to do with HIV and stuff and the fact that he's he's been had so much of a buzz around him over the last couple of years you know, about his career resurgence and choosing all these good movies, seemingly, with all these proper directors, instead of doing all the rom-com shit with Jennifer Aniston. And it's, it just seemed, it seemed like the stars aligned properly for him tonight, last night, really. Uh, I think uh, with uh, the Dice Spice Club, the film itself, there's not much going on in it, mm. but he is, it, but McConaughey is so good in it that he it, it, it does uh, more, he does warrant the award. Yeah, it went by quite a long way. It, it, it's very, you know, if forget about the weight loss and all that lot, you know, just as for role he plays, it's very engaging. Yeah, and that well, that's it. If he can make the film come alive himself, then he does deserve it. I've got to say as well that his acceptance speech was fab. It was fab. It was it was full of so much. I mean, the guy I've always liked the guy because he seems quite he's genuinely quite charming and or, or old school sort of Southern American. But his speech was great. It was full of so much charm, and it was like it was like a fable. He tells the, it was funny, and so I, I urge anyone to go and watch his acceptance speech because it was really good. It was really good. Bit cheesy, slightly cheesy. He does talk about God at one point. Um, about say he thanks God, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he thanks God, oh, which which made it's me always go, a buzz killer. Yeah, yeah, which made me go oh, but then he gets back on track. Basically, don't worry. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it's, yeah, it was really, really good acceptance speech. One of the best best I've seen, actually. So um, I'm, I'm pleased for him. I'm pleased for him. But I am a bit gutted for Chai Whittell because he he was just majestic. And it, it, so in a way, I think he deserved it more, personally. But no, everyone agrees he's brilliant. Best picture, then, is the last one. And obviously, the, there was more nominees here. There was, all together, there was The Wolf of Wall Street, Philomena, Nebraska, Her... Gravity, Dallas Buyers Club, Captain Phillips, American Hustle, and Twelve Years a Slave, which obviously won. And like we've said, it was going to—it was always going to be Twelve Years a Slave or Gravity, wasn't it? Really, they were the two front runners, weren't they? Yeah, they were. I, no other film was going to win. And as soon as I figured, well, Quarren's going to win Best Director, it was always going to be Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah, I, I guessed um, Gravity for this, as I say, and that because I guess Stephen Queen for the other one, so I didn't quite get this right, but. No, yeah, don't get me wrong, as you can probably guess, I wanted Gravity to win more than anything else in the world, but yeah. it just wasn't meant to be. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, it was it was def- it was a difficult one though, because they from you know, they were both really, really deserving, I think, of it. And so very tricky one. But I think I think Twelve Years a Slave probably got it simply for the fact of, of what it's about more than anything else. The fact that it's it's got such a powerful message and it, it's about the slave, all the slavery stuff. I think that's probably the reason it's won it. More than anything else. But uh, I'll tell you what struck me as interesting. How Captain Phillips made the best picture, but um, Paul Greengrass didn't get a nomination for director. Well, yeah, I know, but if that's a bit of a weird one, because if we have to look at 
what else missed on Best Director? Because I, I thought Spike Jones should have got one for director as well, instead yeah. of bloody David A. Russell. He missed out, and um, I think really the, the, the rest of them were, because the, direct, the, the director was American Russell, Nebraska, 12 Years a Slave, Wolf of Wall Street, and Gravity. So of, of the other ones, it's really only Jean-Marc Vallée for Dallas Buyers Club, Spike Jones, whoever directed Philomena, and I can't quite remember who that is. Um, <laughs> oops. Uh, and then Paul Redgrass, mm-hmm. really. Stephen Frears for Philomena. Oh, Stephen Frears. And yeah, you know, he's a, he's a good yeah. director. He's, you know, he's done loads of films, hasn't he? But like, yeah, it, see, it seems a bit odd that, Cap- that Paul Greengrass wouldn't get one, given how well Captain Phillips has gone down, really. Oh, but then again, the thing with Captain Phillips is that the thing that's most ridiculous to me in terms of being left off nominations is that Tom Hanks, he, as far as I'm yeah. concerned, Tom Hanks could, could have won Best Actor, Actually, but he wasn't even nominated. Yeah, and that's a surprise. No, yeah, I hadn't thought of him. That's that, yeah. Because so, he normally gets one gratis, doesn't he? You know, Tom Hanks. Uh, well, people think this, but uh, Tom Hanks hasn't actually been nominated for any Best Actor awards in 13 years. No, what, really? Apparently so. Well, and, well he, did, did he win for Forrest Gump? That's more than 13 years ago, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, but he won that, didn't he? He won Forrest Gump. He, he won Forrest Gump, but everyone seems to think that Tom Hanks gets awarded all the time. Yeah. But, so as I'm... I think it won one for Fat and maybe one for Saving Private Ryan. And that was at 98, wasn't it, Saving Private Ryan? Which, yeah, which is, wow, I didn't know that. That's an interesting fact. Well, yeah, but I don't know then, maybe that is surprising. Because oh, the other one, of course, was Saving Mr. Banks, which was another one that, that, was, that people were talking up as an Oscar-worthy one, and that's hardly got anything. Like Inside Lewin Davis, which is another one that people have said has been robbed by not getting nominated. You know, it's interesting how there's been quite a lot of strong films, haven't there, really, I think, to go on this list lately. I mean, the, the, the thing that stands out about uh, this year is that it's been such a good year for film. It has. It really has. I, I, I don't think I've uh, experienced uh, a, a single stronger year since I really started getting into film, really. Yeah. Yeah, it has been incredibly strong. It's been fantastic, really. And it's it's a testament to the fact that we are getting some genuinely fantastic movies being made that are critically, uh, quite a lot of them are being critically well-received as well. You know, I mean, as uh, or, I mean, um, you know, publicly well-received, as in people are going to watch them. And, I mean, things like 12 Years a Slave and American Hustle have made an absolute shitload, you know, at the cinema. Yeah, but... and, and Gravity has and, and all these films, they've made a ton of money. So it's, it's great, really, isn't it? You know, that we're getting that combo. Instead of everyone just going to see, mindlessly going to see Transformers like... It's like now, it's just like, you can actually go and see good stuff, you know. Yeah, I think it's amazing that we live in a time now where, you know, bear in mind, a, quite a harsh and brutal film about slavery, it, it's made $140 million worldwide. It's incredible. Which is an incredible number. Yeah, bear in mind, you know, give it 10 years or so ago, it, it might not even made back its 20 million budget. Yeah, probably not. It would have bombed, absolutely bombed. So it's maybe maybe we're entering a bit more of an area of critical acclaim, you know. And people are finally learning the trick that you know, just a, a film can be commercial and big and exciting. It doesn't have to be shit, you know. It doesn't have to be battleship, you know. Every every five minutes, <laughs> which brings me neatly, I think, onto something that um, I've also found that would be it wouldn't be right, Chris. I think to talk about the Oscars without talking about its evil doppelganger twin, the Razzies. Oh, God. Uh, Here we go. <laughs> I thought I'd surprise you with this. 
I, I have the um, the Razzies. Um, all the all the best winners of all this. So I'll cycle through these, and you can see if you um, if you agree. So yeah. um, obviously, if you, I'm sure you know what the Razzies are. The Razzies are the worst worst films of the year. They're the they're the anti Oscars. They are, <laughs> I think, quite fitting this time. Worst screenplay goes to, well. Actually, worst screenplay, worst director, worst uh, picture goes to Movie Forty Three. Wholly deserved. I I got dragged <laughs> uh, to go see this for a uh, uh, film review show I contribute to sometimes. Yeah. And yeah, it was like one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. Well, what's it about? I mean, I've, I've heard a lot about this. It, it, what's it about? Movie Forty Three. It's a sketch comedy film yeah. in the vein of Have you ever seen Kentucky Fried Movie? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it's in the vein of that, but fortunately, every single sketch is just uh, if the idea is to is like to gross out the audience, but unfortunately, gross out humour can work really well. But none of the people involved who wrote it, who directed it, who produced it, oh, those who starred in it, baffingly, had no idea how to make it work, and so. It was just like, I think I'd rather contract eight than watch movie five three again. <laughs> well, context has been supplied there. I think. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, that was the nineteen screenwriters of well, the worst screenplay movie forty three. Nineteen screenwriters, thirteen people directed it, and they've all got like you know the worst director, worst screenplay. Worst prequel, remake, rip-off or sequel into The Lone Ranger? Um, I never got around to seeing that. I, I've heard many people defend it, but hmm. I, I don't know myself. So. No, me neither. But I, I think maybe that's a bit harsh from what I've heard, but there you go. Worst screen combo, Jaden Smith and Will Smith for After Earth. Will Smith oh, also God, won but... Worst Supporting Actor and Jaden Smith won Worst Actor for the same film. Um, what happened to Will Smith? Well, it, it makes me wonder. It, it, it does, because he it, it just seems to... I can't remember the last really good film that he was in. Oh, God, that's good. That's going to take back a few years. Yeah. In, uh, uh, that, that, that requires a, a, a brief visit to IMDb, I think, because yeah, I, no. I really can't think. Because because uh, Men in Black 3 wasn't, wasn't brilliant. No. Um, you know, it was better than 2, but it wasn't a great film. He was in... Seven Pounds. That was awful. I hated that film. Yeah, yeah. Hancock, which split people down the middle. Yeah, that, that was disappointing in that how it started off as a, a very good concept about like a really grouchy superhero, mm. but then it got into some sort of weird shit about two people not allowed to be in the same sort of atmosphere as each other, sort of the explosions, and yeah, that was just a bit silly. Yeah. Um, directed by Peter Berg as well, who can't direct his way out of a paper bag. So that's you know, um, no wonder. Yeah, in, in fact, he's only been he's he has he's only been in two films properly since Seven Pounds, two thousand eight. That was he's only done Men in Black three and After Earth in five years, six years. And he, he had he had a cameo in Anchorman, and he's mm. got a small role in a New York Winter's Tale this year. But he hasn't done yeah, he's done hardly anything. For, for for almost ten years, actually, my goodness, he's oh. in in since two thousand and four. Will Smith has made one, two, three, four, five, seven films. I, I wonder if he's just been busy 
micromanaging his kids' careers, which he should probably stop going by the <laughs> awards. It could be. My goodness me. Okay, well, I didn't know that, but there you go. So, Big Willie style needs to sort it out. And then the the other the only other two were um, worst supporting actress, which was Kim Kardashian in a film called Tyler Perry's Temptation: Confessions of a Marriage Counselor, <laughs> in which Tyler Perry in drag won worst actress. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I mean, Which is funnier than Tyler Perry and Drag. Yeah, I mean, Tyler. I mean, I watched that. I had the unfortunate mishap of watching Alex Cross recently, and Tyler Perry has to be one of the, one of the worst actors I think I've ever seen in anything ever. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. But yeah, there you go, the Razzies. I think we watched the wrong ceremony somehow. I think we should be watching them. Amazingly, and this is something that people have commented on: Grown Ups Two won nothing at the Razzies. Hey, Adam Sandler can't even do make him a worst film. Why should he be there? Yeah, he can't even win a bad award, let alone a good well, one. And given that Grown Ups made me want to kill myself, I've no interest in seeing the second one. So, you know, it's like, yeah, there's certain crimes against cinema that I've no interest in watching. But yeah, there you go. That's um, Oscar and Razzie season, uh, 2014. So yeah, do you think it's it's been it's been a decent year then, hasn't it, Chris? I think we're, we're hopeful for 2015. We might get a lot of more these critically acclaimed films. Let's hope. Well, hopefully, I mean, I, I've not heard anything about what to expect in the next coming year, mm. but it, hopefully, we'll get some it, as good quality films as we have done this year. Well, hopefully, given that we're sailing swiftly into the the year of of the mega titanic sequel blockbuster mentalness which is 2015 which seems to have a massive sequel to every single franchise in the history of the world so before we get to that it would be nice to have some some more really you know well done critically acclaimed films um, before we inevitably get into a lot of disappointment because that's (laughs) that's what we're going to face inevitably Inevitably. I'd like to make a prediction right now just based on a single trailer I've seen Mm. Uh, but to sweep the awards next year and then we'll revisit this next year and see how I do yes but let's just say Interstellar's going to win a lot yes I I, yeah I'm going to agree definitely has Christopher Nolan actually won an Oscar yet he hasn't now. This could be it. This could be the one. This could be the one. Mm. Actually, we'll we'll see. That's a that's a damn good bet. McConaughey might end up getting another one, another nomination next year, quite possibly. Why not? Could happen. We'll see. We'll come. Yeah, we'll come back in a year. You know, if if we haven't all destroyed ourselves by fighting Russia, um, we'll. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> hey, don't worry, Jared Leto will save the day. Yeah, <laughs> Jared Leto will sail in like the buddy Jesus he is and sort it all out. <laughs> Um, that's that's our, that's our other prediction. Yeah, brilliant. There you go. Well, thanks a lot, Chris. This has been brilliant. A pleasure um, as always. Thank you, and um, yeah, we'll see you. We'll see you next time. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.